1: to answer the question for yourselves, do you have a story to tell? I'm kicking this off with Cassandra O'Leary. Hello, Cassandra. Hello. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> yeah, hey, pleased to meet you as well. It's all right. I'm only meeting you for the first time. And it is true. Today, everybody, um, what attracted me with Cassandra is her beautiful book cover, Girl on a Plane. Um, it looks like it's Really, really good fun. I'm going to get Cassandra to tell us all about it. Uh, Cassandra, tell us about Girl on a Plane.
0: Okay, well, um, Girl on a Plane is my debut novel, so it's been a very exciting year for me. Um, I started uh, writing fiction about three years ago, after a long career in other stuff, basically um, marketing and PR, business writing um, has been my main bag for at least the last 10 years. So um, writing, writing, writing for other people and then I thought, you know, I really should give that novel a crack. I always thought I'd like to write a novel and I just started when I was uh, nearing 40 and I thought it's probably time to do something different if I ever want to do it and so I did. And um this wasn't the first uh, piece that I started. I, I wrote another complete novel, which um, is probably now in hindsight a bit of a load of rubbish and <laughs> that one's probably going to stay on the shelf. Um, but Girl on a Plane was my second um, romance novel that I um, tried to write, starting off as a short story and then um, I found I had more story and I just added to it and added to it over time and um, and worked on it, um, entered it in a few competitions, and a couple of years later, here we are. I actually ended up winning the um, We Heart New Talent writing contest with Avon Mayers and HarperCollins UK. So that was just, um, you know, I was dumbfounded basically when I received the email saying that I'd won that contest and I won a publishing contract with them. So um, Girl on a Plane came out in July and um, it's been a fantastic ride.
1: Tell us about winning a publishing contract. That's something that I've never spoken about. Um, Yeah, how do you win a publishing contract and what's in it for you? Um, Well, basically I decided to
0: go gung-ho into creative writing once I started and I looked at the different options of how one actually goes about getting published and of course I tried a few different avenues as most people do um like just submitting direct to publishers or pitching to agents and that kind of thing Um, but at the same time I became aware of quite a few um new style of contests that were being run online by certain publishers, um, HarperCollins being one of them. And they had this big online romance festival um, where there were lots of authors blogging and, um, you know, offering writing tips and there were things to be won and that kind of thing. But there was also this big contest that was promoted um, that they were looking for three new authors in three different styles of writing. So they wanted um, somebody that could write holiday romance somebody that would write weepies and somebody to write romantic comedy. And I thought, well, my piece is kind of funny. It's uh, like a rom-com. So I entered that contest and um, many months later I heard back from an editor at HarperCollins UK and I was actually selected as the winner of the rom-com category. Um, And part of that was um, winning a publishing package so, um, digital first. Um, I don't have a print book, I have a digital book. Um, and I think that's a good introduction for me anyway. As a new author, I thought, well, this is my first thing. I can get a, um, a digital book out there. And um, I had the complete um, professional editing services of HarperCollins UK. The fantastic cover design, which is just, um, I love it. I think it's really graphic and fun and it really captures the essence of my story. They did a great job with that. And then um, I, they sort of took me through the whole process of um, promoting myself, um, getting out there on social media, and um, and here we are. <laughs>
1: fantastic. This is, this is an area we haven't been, everybody, and I'm getting more curious by the moment. Yep. When you talk about HarperCollins UK taking you through the whole promotions process, can you talk us through that? What, what exactly does HarperCollins promotion process look like?
0: Okay. Um, well, I guess it's it's actually uh, a shared activity too, I should say. I was already fairly active on social media. Um, that is kind of a little bit of my background, you know, having worked in PR and that kind of thing. Um, And I'd also worked in web content management in the past. So um, I was able to, you know, set up my own website and get uh, my own Facebook author page going and that kind of thing. So I already had uh, a bit of an online presence. Um, When I won the contest, they were, the editors um, and the social media marketing manager were quite interested in what I was already doing. Um, and had a look at all of my um, channels that I was active on, Um, they gave me a couple of suggestions. Um, They also organised a um, coordinated cover reveal, the cover being one of the key marketing things that they um, had, you know, organised for me. Um, I mean, a cover is just a cover, but if you have the right cover, (laughs) it can be um, really fantastic for publicity and I think that they managed that. So they got a few different bloggers on board, sent out pre-release um, copies of my book to them, hand-picked um, for the right sort of uh, romantic comedy, chiclet sort of genre, um, and did a coordinated reveal at a time that was suitable for um, people waking up in London and people awake still in Australia. <laughs> and um, I also used my network of um, people through Romance Writers of Australia and some online writing groups that I'm part of overseas um, to spread the word and get that cover reveal um, out there on social media all at once in a big hit. Um, And the people at um, Avon and HarperCollins UK supported that as well, retweeting, um, you know, putting up um, pieces on the um, Facebook homepage that they manage um, and then also um, organised... Some bloggers to um, talk about my book in the lead up to the release date as well. So they were the main things, I think. I'm just trying to think if I've forgotten anything. <laughs> uh, so you have a mailing list? Um, yeah, I'm just getting started on my um, newsletter mailing list. Um, I guess that wasn't a key thing that I did pre-release. Um, I wasn't a really... Um, sort of high-profile blogger or anything like that. I was working on my book. I was um, building up my social media. Um, So I'm really only just getting started on my mailing list in the last couple of months. I'm building that up. Um, I'm going to be sending out a newsletter every couple of months and running some contests and things like that if people want to join. Um,
1: And that's the sign-ups on my website. Okay. I want to stay with um, the HarperCollins Social Media Marketing Manager for a minute there. I think the cover (laughs) reveal was one thing. What, yeah. what other little tricks and tidbits did they they share with you to, to get your novel out there? What else did they suggest you do?
0: They suggested um, contacting everyone I knew that was um, like a, could host me on their blog and that kind of thing and talk to me about the themes of my book and what sort of themes would be appropriate to blog about. Um, so they had a couple of good suggestions um, and I think that, Actually, we were just very much like-minded. So I was thinking, you know, like a blog about travel, um, holidays, um, also, you know, writing comedy, um, inspiration from rom-com movies, for instance, that kind of thing. Um, So I got a, a whole lot of blog pieces ready in advance. Um, and they helped to promote that. So um, they said, you know, basically give us a schedule of things that you've organised, we'll look at what we can organise from our end and then, um, you know, sort of cross-promoting. So both working together on that sort of promotion. Okay.
1: And how long ago was that?
0: Oh, over the last few months. So um, starting in about, um, well, my release was in July and then I had a, a blog tour in August um, and I organised some um, further promotion as well, which they've been happy to support and, um, you know, organise a couple of giveaways and that kind of thing, um, such as another um, guest post, um, author of the week spot that I had last week. Um, that was with HelloChickLip.com. Um, and that's
1: just a blogger that I got to know online through Twitter. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you're, you're finding that Twitter is, is good for romance writers? Yeah,
0: um, I I do. Um, Not everyone is in love with Twitter, I know, um, but personally i found it a really great way to make contacts with people in um, other countries. Um, Facebook I've found, just from my own experience, um, a little bit more useful for my contacts within Australia. And then on Twitter um, I've used hashtags like um, romance and chiclet, um and got involved in a couple of groups where people um you know do certain um, promotions during the week um on a regular basis and i've met different bloggers um different groups of people that are more uk based and a couple you know that are in the us and that's just um i think extended my reach if you like um and a bit more um broadened my network a little bit
1: beyond australia yeah and and what what have you got organized coming up like what is harper um long-term plan for for your book what, what have they got in mind for say after the launch and now things are dying down a bit have they got any ongoing strategies for you
0: um i think that we need to have a little chat about what's going on for next year um but um Hopefully is the possibility as well that they'll be interested in my next novel, Fingers Crossed. Um, I'm working on something else, which is um, I've got a, a nearly complete draft and then I just need to work on the editing. Um, also... Um, Yeah, I've just been talking to them just recently about, I think I can talk about it now, Um, there's a contract that's just been signed. (laughs) Um, So I'm actually having a print edition and an e-book edition of my book put into translation in the Czech Republic. Um, So that's going to be coming out sometime probably in the next year and that's quite amazing to me, I'm just... I'm a little bit stunned that my book is going to be available
1: in bookshops in Prague. (laughs) There you go, everybody. You heard it here at Writer on the Road. We've all got to go to the Czech Republic to buy it. Are you getting it in print (laughs) anywhere else? It's not in print anywhere else yet. So that was, um, yeah, interesting to me that um, because I'm
0: through a UK publisher and they're very active in the European market that they actually got this offer from a European publisher before – um, they've done a print release in English,
1: but um that's cool with me. I thought it was really exciting. It <laughs> is, it's absolutely amazing and certainly a story to tell. Is there any um anything in the pipeline to get it published? are they are they going to do a print run for you?
0: It's still a possibility. It's, um, it's an option in my contract and so I hope that it does happen um, but I haven't got any further information about that at the moment.
1: What's his hope that it does happen? Have you got have you got to wait for them to give you permission? What- um, it's, it's an option in the
0: contract so it's not a definite. Um, because I'm with a digital first division, everybody gets a digital edition of their book and then print is something that's considered down the track. Um, so I guess that it will be looked at. But I haven't heard anything further about that yet.
1: Okay, everybody. So that's that's really interesting. So they're going to wait and see how you go digitally before they yeah. take a risk on you in print. The dirty dogs. I suppose it makes business sense. Uh, yeah. So are you allowed to royalty rates? Uh, just
0: not to get too much into the um, contract nitty gritty. But there are different royalty rates, and um, I personally am not that um, should I say not that fast. I would <laughs> love to see a print edition, but. Um, the ebook has actually been doing quite well and so it's not the end of the world if I don't have a print version um, although it would be nice at some stage I guess I'm not one of those authors that thought I have to have a hard copy in my hand. Um, I'm a big digital reader myself I read hundreds of ebooks <laughs> so um, that's kind of um, a cool thing for me I, I like having it online I like having it in the the new format. Um, but anyway we'll see what happens down the track.
1: So that's exciting that I I think like the opportunities there do you did they buy the digital rights I suppose we can't talk about this because that's personal isn't it we better move (laughs) right along to the, the writing of it I'm just so curious um all right everybody I'm moving right along to something else uh your cover design is absolutely beautiful and it was a key point Harper Collins um chose that for you?
0: Yes, that's right. So they designed it. Um, I had a um, an online conversation with the um, the editor and um, she'd been talking to the marketing team already. Um, she said they had some ideas but they'd like my input. So it was like a, a briefing sort of sheet um, done by email um, and I talked about how if possible I'd love to see the main character, Sinead, on the front cover in her flight attendant uniform, possibly a plane in the sky Um, And then a few weeks later I got the um, the mock-up of the concept and it was pretty much as we see it now. Um, It changed slightly but I loved it um, as soon as I saw it. I love the graphic look of it. Um, To me it looks like a sort of a vintage travel poster or something like that and I think it's really cool. So, um, yeah, I was absolutely thrilled with it.
1: Yeah, and here in Australia, um, have HarperCollins Australia contacted you at all? I mean, if you're in Russia and Prague, surely is the Australian guy's or are the Australian guys interested at all?
0: Um, no, I haven't heard from them. Um, <laughs> so as far as I understand, um, they operate quite independently in different regions. Um, so the UK team is connected to um, Mills and Boone UK um, in the HarperCollins building in London, um, but I'm with the Avon Books UK division. Um and I don't think that they have that much connection with the HarperCollins Australia team. Um, obviously, I'm new and I'm still learning, so
1: um, that could be different for different authors. But um, that's the way it's been for me. Yeah, yeah. it's look. This conversation, I oh, sorry everybody, it's fascinating for me because it's like <laughs> seeing it's like seeing it from the other side. You know, we're so wrapped up in indie publishing and everything now, and to actually see how the publishers are taking, um, I guess, the new technologies and how they're moving forward is actually really interesting because I'm so used to people like Joanna Penn who are so very much in control of all this stuff. Um, right. And yet you are sort, of, sort of got a big publisher behind you who is picking up all of the costs, which I'm guessing is an attraction, uh, and then they're controlling where your book goes and what it does. And I'm thinking there are, there are pluses and minuses to every which way of looking at this, aren't there?
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that and um, as a pretty new author, I was looking at all of those options um, when I was writing my book and getting it ready to submit and I was even considering whether I should actually self-publish that instead. Um, But I thought what I'm going to do is just put it out there and submit to lots of places and see what happens. And so I sort of just shook the tree, (laughs) waited for uh, the low-hanging fruit to fall and it did. So... um, that what I thought was a fantastic opportunity um, but that's not to say that I'm not interested in indie publishing or self-publishing. Um, I've actually um, just indie published um, a novelette, I'm calling it, um, which is a piece that I wrote last year um, for an anthology with my writing group, the Melbourne Romance Writers Guild. Um, so I've got that one already out there, uh, on Amazon and Smashwords and other channels. So that's, uh, just over 10,000 word, um, novelette, uh, romantic comedy again. And I just thought I'm just going to dip my toe in the indie publishing water as well. So I've got that option, um, as well as my, um, I guess, traditionally published novel, although it's digital first.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think like it's it's really exciting. I I like the idea of what you're doing and authors have so many more options now. Like you don't have to write solely for Avon. I did hear the word contracts and two more books coming up. So hopefully that will lead to something for you. And then you've got the whole indie world to 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 build on because really it's your name and your brand however it's published from here on in is actually in your control and that must be a pretty nice place to be
0: i think so um yeah there's so many options as you say these days and actually it can be daunting in a way that you don't know quite which way to turn um and I still feel that way, (laughs) I'm going to work on my next two novels, get them finished, get them ready to um, submit and or publish. Um, So my publisher does have an option, um, first writer refusal on my next novel. Um, So I'm not sure whether that will end up going, whether I'll end up going um, with Avon for that next novel or not. We shall see. Um, Otherwise, I'm
1: um, quite excited to explore um, other options as well yeah look right back 20 plus years ago when i was looking at mills and boone and romance and and sending my um, manuscripts out avon was one of the big ones so yeah. and the fact they have harper collins now i don't know whether they got taken over or whether they all were always harper collins i've got no idea um but avon was certainly always there in the romance world so i'm guessing they're exploring and working their way forward with these new digital ways of doing things as well
0: Yeah, very much. Um, The division that I'm with, um, Avon Mays, is digital first and um, they're the UK arm. So they're separate from even Avon Romance in the US and they seem to have a different um, genre focus as well. So in the UK um, team, they are very much interested in women's fiction, um, romantic comedy and crime. So there's this whole um, crime Sort of separate arm as well, and they've got um, separate Twitter accounts where they promote that as well, and Facebook pages, etc. Um, and they're doing very well, I think. Um, I don't have that much to do with those, um, the crime writers, but yeah, there's certainly some different um, avenues being explored, I think, than um, either in print or in other divisions of. Um, Avon or HarperCollins overseas. So they've got a sort of more specific focus um, on what's doing well in the UK market and perhaps in Europe. So a little bit different than what's
1: being done in some other um, divisions. Yeah, and it's really interesting because right back at the beginning and I still buy them and, heaven forbid, I still read them and I think it's why I love my cat on my lap so much, it's things like People's Friend. Um, I'm looking in my study now and I've got a special that I bought and they're little light short stories and then they print longer serialised stories. Once upon a time, if you didn't get published by Mills and Boone, you went to People's Friend and there's another name there that I've forgotten. Uh but Avon and all those, once you'd written for People's Friends, once you'd written for Mills and Boone, then you'd go onto Avon and Headline and all those and write bigger, bigger mm-hmm. novels and you become more successful. Um, it's interesting that these guys are very quick to move with the times and that they have that flexibility.
0: Yeah, I think so. And um, they've impressed me also with, I won't go into too much nitty gritty about <laughs> nerdy stuff to do with the web, but... <laughs> Um, I know a little bit about that sort of stuff and um, their knowledge of uh, metadata and search terms and that kind of thing has been quite interesting to me and I've actually learned a bit from them. So, um, for instance, you know, how best to um, uh, categorise your book on Amazon and other retail sites, that kind of thing. So, yeah, they've definitely um, quite... Um, moving with the times as you say quite up there
1: yeah and I think as indie publishers and indie authors like I I had Dave Chesson on on the podcast these guys tell us to do all that sort of stuff as indie publishers and get our funnels working get our newsletters um, make sure we get those categories and search terms on Kindle all those kinds of things Um, so the traditional publishers are right in there as well but people who don't want to worry about it themselves like you, you're in very safe hands and you don't have the headache of learning all this stuff?
0: Um, I guess so, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it that way. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, as I said, Indie published one short piece and I've had to sort of work out how to categorise that and do keywords and that kind of thing myself. Um, you know, I'm just sort of testing that out uh, and seeing how it goes. But, yeah, I think um, you're right that it is um, helpful to have somebody who's sort of... Um, behind you, and how, has experience with other authors, and and sort of maybe knows what's worked before. Um, they've trialed a couple of things maybe in your category, and so they they know might
1: maybe what might work for you. Yeah. Yeah, and being in the early stages of your career, um, yep. or your writing, or your fiction writing career, uh, it's interesting that you have that all that support. You've got one eye on the um, self-publishing um, target. You've got you're waiting to see what the traditional publishers are going to do with you. Um, if you're successful enough, I assume that it gives you a whole lot more bargaining power with your contracts.
0: Um, I wouldn't really know yet. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Um, no. Um... In my case, I guess I didn't really um, have like a a lot of um, negotiation with my initial contract. Again, not to go into too much detail but um, it was pretty much a set thing um, as part of the contest that I won. So there was a specific type of contract package that was offered and that was the same for the other two winners of the contest as well
1: so there you go everybody entering these competitions and they're around all the time like i know um in australia they used to have or they probably still have i haven't looked for so long but HarperCollins, they have fridays where you can submit your manuscript and apparently people you know read it and all. it's like the new version of the slush pile isn't it um yeah. so the like the traditional guys are in there it's interesting for me because i don't pay much attention to what traditional publishers are now doing i'm i've got all my eyes on the um all two of my eyes on the Indian publishing thing um but your book <laughs> as you said is doing well it's it's got the full support of avon who who i know are big um being published in prague i mean that's amazing when we we're in ireland that like the center of the world was was prague so i'm guessing that's actually quite a huge thing are they putting it out in english in prague or just russian just in check yeah mm-hmm. um so that
0: was a, a translation rights offer and um harper collins uh negotiated that with the other publisher so um that's i guess an example of what um a bigger publisher can do because they've got reach into so many different regions
1: yeah and international rights that's one of the big things that um are worth money down the track i think as as global world becomes smaller and smaller um what is girl on a plane about to have such i guess an international focus Um, I
0: guess it's got an international flavour, so that has worked in its favour. So um, it's about an Irish flight attendant named Sinead and as part of her daily life, I guess, she um, flies to different places. Um, she's based in London, but she flies to Australia on a regular route through Dubai. Um, and as she's um, flying from Melbourne to London one day, she meets a sexy and gruff but gorgeous Aussie CEO in first class. And they hit it off. Um, there's flirtation right from the get-go. Um But, of course, a storm hits, literally and figuratively. And um, the the flight is actually um, taken off course. Um, They're thrown together when they're grounded in Singapore. And that's when um, romance and mayhem
1: ensue. (laughs) (laughs) So we're excited already. Like, I lived in Ireland. I'm guessing you're Irish.
0: I'm actually not Irish myself, but I'm from an um, Irish-Australian family and um, I happen to have Irish friends as well. So I'm not sure why when I started writing um, that an Irish flight attendant popped into my brain, but she did, um, almost complete with accent in my head. Um, (laughs) So that's just the way I started writing her and um, then researched, you know, more about um, the actual career and um, the flights and that kind of thing um I was lucky enough to have a family member who was an ex-flight attendant so I picked her brains just a little bit um but then I just really made up a lot of stuff as well because you know fiction
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like with a name like O'Leary and you've got that beautiful red hair I assume there had to be some Irish connection um <laughs> so tell me they're flying Ryanair and that'll that'll make it um, <laughs> that'll make oh, it it's Mer- oh it's Mermaid Airlines cool. did you make one up it's just a bit of fun, yeah. Uh, okay, well, there goes Ryan here because um, they're not very romantic. They just pack you in like cattle. Uh, <laughs> look, I wonder, and it's interesting, had you made it an Australian setting
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it would have gone because they like there is rumours uh, that once you write an Australian setting, it's actually very hard to sell it overseas.
0: I'm not sure but um, right from the start I was thinking I would try to um... – appeal to an international readership and so um part of my book is actually set in melbourne in australia but part of it's in london and then there's um stop-offs in singapore and paris um, and actually thailand as well at the end so it's quite international i've got several locations um i found that exciting to write and i thought that hopefully uh, people would be excited to read that as well um i've traveled a lot myself um over many years um just holidays and that kind of thing um and there's places that i've been to that you know um still really call to me and i've got the travel bug and i want to write about some more of those places as well
1: yeah and um five-star hotels which um flight attendants get to stay in they're they're the same all over the world anyway aren't they
0: apparently there's um quite a lot of similarities and it becomes um quite routine even though you're going to exotic places um you're sort of seeing the inside of a hotel and the inside of a plane all the time so um yeah it's interesting isn't it that um that kind of a job that from the outside could look really glamorous and exciting could be
1: more of the daily grind almost like uh, jumping on a train to go to work yeah Yeah. and the the scandals that that go on with flight attendants and pilots and all that. The cliché is, I guess, out there. Um, So you could have all sorts of fun with that. Um, I I think it's exciting. I've got something up here, Cassandra, and I want to explore it before we finish off because I just love it. It's called creative life and mojo at 40 plus but one of the things that I want to talk because I'm going to get you to talk about this because I think it's really exciting I didn't even everybody I thought Cassandra was much younger than this and when I saw 40 plus I thought no she's talking about someone else but one of the assumptions here and it's just caught my eye is if you're interested in writing you'll only want to write or write mummy blogs or mummy porn Tell tell me about mummy blogs and mummy porn uh, now, not
0: to offend anyone, um, I wouldn't want to do that, um, but no, certainly if you're interested in writing about motherhood and kids and relationships, more power to you. Um, but I wasn't. Um, that wasn't really something that grabbed me as a reader and it wasn't really something that I wanted to spend my time writing about. It's just interesting to me that um, as a woman and maybe as a mum, you um, perhaps when people hear that you're starting to write, you might get pigeonholed that um, you're going to be the mummy blogger and just write about nappies all day or, um, you know, getting the kids to school and that kind of thing or that, you um, you know, if you tell people you, that you're going to write romance, that they assume that it's some type of, um, quote, mummy porn. Um, and I hate that term. I think that it's really derogatory um, of women and their very wide uh, and broad tastes in fiction. Um, it somehow implies that um, women who are mothers um, can't either can't be interested in reading something that has sexual content or adult content, um, that they're somehow infantile. <laughs> Um, or perhaps that, um, you know, that romance can't be, um, an interesting form of fiction um, with its own literary merits. Um, and I'm sure you, that you would agree that there's many different types of romance writing, romance fiction, including literary, including comedy, including erotic, um, very broad spectrum. And so I just didn't really want to buy into any of those stereotypes and I just wanted to write something that was interesting to me um, based on all my um wide varied experience in my life not just one little tiny snippet of that
1: as a woman (laughs) yeah and I think I've had other people on the podcast and we talk about with our digital devices with our iPads and our phones and everything no one knows what you're reading anyway um but there are some really intelligent women out there writing some fantastic romantic fiction um I'm really hoping that that cliche has gone to sleep uh and women with kids I think the kids are sometimes more savvy than us nowadays, aren't they?
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking as somebody who had to wrench um, her seven-year-old off Minecraft this morning on the tablet, um, <laughs> very much so, yeah. Um, I have um, kids uh, who are already quite tech savvy, who know how to download things, who know how to move things around on screen, um, who design things in 3D and um, make videos that I can't even do as somebody who's worked um, in web content management. (laughs) It's, um, it's absolutely astounding. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, digital books and digital reading is very much um, a thing of the future as well. It's not just, um, you know, something that's going to go away, I think, with the, the new a group of kids coming through as they grow up and continue reading hopefully continue reading Um, they're going to be very interested in um, e-books and whatever comes next as well
1: yeah and I'm I'm mentoring young writers and I've got two who have finished their novels already um, as young entrepreneurs and as young authors they have such a future in front of them as you said you're published in Prague which just is probably the most exciting news we've had today I reckon (laughs) Uh, and um, I think As an inspiration for people coming along behind you, you've got such a great story to tell. I'm just reading here and it says, my kids didn't starve and my husband didn't leave me, but thanks for all (laughs) the unsolicited comments and predictions of doom, naysayers and busybodies. (laughs) What is that?
0: (laughs) I had some very interesting comments from very surprising quarters um, as I started to um, let people know that I was writing a novel. Um, I guess that... um, Uh, I can come off as an introverted type of person or a quiet type of person, especially in a work context. Um, In the type of work that I'd been doing for many years, um, it was kind of, you know, business writing and editing. And um, I'd be uh, busily working on my computer and maybe not chatting to everybody all day long about um, other things that I was interested, except for, you know, obviously um, people that I was closer to. um, And the comments that some people came out with, Um, when they realised that I was writing a romance novel were um, (laughs) hilarious (laughs) and sometimes quite um, concerning, Um, asking, you know, the the typical silly stuff that I, I, I don't know if it's that they're a little bit prudish or that they're just shocked that I might write something that has a sex scene in it and it's like, well, yeah, you know, um, have you ever watched a movie? A lot of them have sex scenes in it too. Do you watch those sort of TV shows? I bet you do. <laughs> anyway, it's just, um, I guess, having a little bit of a go on my blog at some of the um, the crazy comments
1: that I've received over time. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? I think because we, I I, I interview so many, as I said, smart, strong women um, and like yourself who are intelligent and articulate and the romance genre we all just hold up and admire and we, we because we're all living and breathing it we know the story i'm actually surprised and i shouldn't be that that stereotype is still out there um and you know the poor old husbands who cop the flack about well have you have you um practice this in real life you know all that sort of stuff you think it's yeah. dead but it's not is it no it's not and it, do- it does surprise me still um but
0: on the other hand, I've also been really pleasantly surprised with um, fantastic um, congratul- congratulatory comments that I've received from certain people, um, even, you know, people that I worked with years ago or whatever messaging me or emailing me and saying, oh, my goodness, I've read your book. It's so fantastic and, you know, congratulations. And, and that's just so, you know, uh, it's thrilling to me and um, really lovely. Um And, you know, people that um, perhaps um, that I do know that are writers in other genres and saying, wow, I I wish I could write, you know, um, a sexy book like that or a funny book, I I wouldn't be able to tackle it And, um, and that's really nice too
1: yeah and it's it's look it's fantastic and all writers have their doubts as introverts putting your book out there is probably one of the hardest things you can do and you've been rewarded i think because you've everybody's receptive uh and everyone loves your cover and i guess your own revenge on those people who make those comments is to write another book and be successful again (laughs) and that brings me i want to wind up now with this wonderful question on defining your own success Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's a big one isn't it um do I feel successful? I guess I do. Um, it's been, a, as I mentioned at the start, an enormous year for me and a, a big ride really um, since I won a contest, um, received a contract, went through the whole editing process, um, went through the marketing and publishing process and had my novel out there. All of that's happened just in about the space of a year and also I've quit my um, long-term corporate job and I'm focusing on being a writer and working at home for myself. So that's just huge. Um, I can't say that I am like, you know, um, sort of the top of the bestseller list or anything like that. But I think that um, as in having achieved what I set out to do, as in I wanted to write a novel, I wanted to get it published, um, I wanted to have people read it and enjoy it, I um, I've achieved those things and now I just, uh, I suppose, have to set some new goals for myself and look forward to other things that I want to achieve in the future.
1: Yeah, and isn't that exciting, everybody? Um, giving up the big corporate job, the successful corporate job and, and redefining your goals because I assume there would be some financial um, – disparity in in your two careers um but that may change you don't know but definitions of success don't actually have to be monetary um i look i wish you all the best um i know there's other women out there doing exactly what you're doing your story is inspiring
0: thank you thank you and um, i hope that it does inspire people that perhaps like me had a creative bent earlier on and have sat on that desire and now thinking hey maybe it's time i finally do that thing i've always wanted to do at midlife or whatever now that the kids are at school or um, whatever opportunity presents itself i'd say do it yeah
1: (laughs) and look at the beginning of this one i thought we'd talk travel i thought we'd go to all those wonderful places that you mentioned but i think your message is right everybody um get out there and have a go you don't know what you've got to gain if you don't give it a go um look Cassandra thank you very very much for today everybody I'll link uh Cassandra's website uh to our our podcast today but please everybody go on and read that blog post creative life and mojo creativity is intelligence having fun um (laughs) are they your own words or did you find them
0: Oh, no, that was a quote that I found, but it was a good
1: one, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody, that's our, that's our quote for today. Creati- creativity is intelligence having fun by um, Girl on a Plane. I'm certainly going to go and download it now because you've got me intrigued um, with our little Irish hero- <laughs> heroine there. Cassandra, I'd love to have you back on next year when you get those next books out there because I'm curious and I'd love to follow your journey. Um, I'm sure you're going to take on the romance writing world just as you took on the corporate world. Um, Merry Christmas and best of luck. To you.
0: Thank you so much. It's been great fun. All
1: right, talk again soon. And it's Thanks. bye for now from Rider on the Road.